Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. Monday, May 13th, I'm Anastasia Glova. After filing two complaints against China with the WTO since March, the United States has simultaneously thrown in the towel on its own trade commitments at the WTO, ignoring a recent ruling that it must allow offshore internet gambling casinos to operate in the U.S. market. While the U.S. allows interstate gambling, other countries find themselves facing discrimination. And Antigua and Barbuda, a tiny country whose economy has been hurt by U.S. restrictions on gambling, is now taking aim at the United States, where it hurts the most, intellectual property enforcement. Our guest today is Cato Trade Policy Analyst, Sally James. It's been in and out of the media eye for a while now, but internet gambling is yet again in the news. Why now? Well, two reasons. First of all, not too long ago, the United States lost a case at the World Trade Organization that ruled its restrictions on internet gambling that are in place at the moment are not consistent with its obligations at the WTO. So it's been an ongoing saga in the trade world for a while now. The other reason is about two weeks ago, Barney Frank introduced a bill to lift the restriction on internet gambling on what he claims were libertarian grounds, and he used that word libertarian. He made the point, and I agree with him, that what adults do in the privacy of their own homes with their own money on their own time is not the government's business. It's not the place of government to interfere in people's recreational time. So he proposed to lift that restriction. So I guess it's come up in the news on both of those levels in the kind of it's reignited this civil liberties debate and it's also an ongoing trade concern. Why did the United States end up imposing restrictions on gambling in the first place? Well, they really, the restrictions they introduced were really just updating the 1961 Wire Act, which already established that it was not legal to bet, you know, over the telephone, for example. So it was really just updating these restrictions for the new technology. But the reason given, and this law was kind of snuck into the Port Security Bill, and the reason given was that it was on moral grounds that the Republican Congress at the time or the leadership did not think that adults should be gambling over the internet or anyone should be gambling over the internet. So it was primarily a a socially conservative view about what people could do over the internet. What will happen if the United States ends up ignoring the WTO ruling? What are the repercussions of that kind of an action or inaction? Well, there's two possibilities when a country such as the United States in this case has been found to be violative of the commitments it's made in the WTO. And they have been found to be violating their commitments a couple of times now. There is no real question in anyone's mind that the United States has not been abiding by the law in the WTO. They can either face retaliation in that event, which is usually tariffs imposed by the injured party. So in other words, if Antigua and Barbuda, who in this case are the injured party, see that the United States has not been opening up its market to, in this case, internet gambling services, they can place what are known as retaliatory tariffs on United States goods. Now, there's two problems with that approach in this case. First of all, Antigua and Barbuda, in a rare display of economic coherency, have said that putting tariffs on a country's goods is economic nonsense. It punishes the country imposing the restrictions, not the errant member. So they're refusing to go down that route. The other reason, of course, is Antigua and Barbuda is under 80,000 people. It's about 78,000 people. You know, what could they possibly do that is going to harm a country such as the United States? 
What Antigua and Barbuda did, at least publicly, muse over doing was to suspend its obligations under the agreement on trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights. So in other words, what Antigua and Barbuda could do is no longer enforce its restrictions on, say, software piracy or movie piracy. Now, that would get the United States' attention, as you can imagine. If Antigua and Barbuda decided to set itself up as a haven of piracy, of intellectual property rights violations, that would definitely harm the United States' interests and it would make them, this is the logic, change their policy. Well, in light of that threat from Antigua and Barbuda, the U.S. basically has to lift the restrictions now, doesn't it? Well, normally, yes, that's the usual course of action if a country doesn't want to face retaliation. But, and this is another reason it's been in the news lately, the solution the United States Trade Representative has proposed is for the United States to go back into the law of the WTO and change the commitments it made. In other words, the United States is saying... They're basically admitting that they are not complying with the law of the WTO, but they don't want to change their policy, nor do they want to face retaliatory tariffs or intellectual property rights. Basically, what they're saying is, we don't like this law, we don't want to comply with it, so we want to go back into our what's called the schedule of commitments, which is the list of things that the United States said it would do, and we want to change it. So what the United States is saying in its defence is, oh, we never meant to allow other countries to access our market for internet gambling services. They're basically saying they made an error when they signed the agreement and they didn't know what they were signing. Now, everyone has a problem with that. First of all, no one believes that the United States would make a mistake. When these schedules, as they're called, these lists are drawn up, there is extensive meetings, you know, debates, there's counter offers, there's all this sort of thing. And it's very hard to imagine that it simply slipped through the net. The other reason is there are a lot of countries in the WTO who did in fact exclude gambling from their commitments. So it's highly unlikely that some countries found it and some countries didn't. The other problem is that Wanting to go back and change your schedule is allowed, but you have to pay compensation. So in other words, if the United States was to go in and say, we want to change the commitments we made, any country in the WTO, including Antigua and Barbuda, can say, all right then, what are you going to give us in return? Now, I have strong doubts that there's anything that the United States could offer Antigua and Barbuda in return for closing the market to internet gambling. Or they could just cut them a check. Antigua and Barbuda, I've read a figure of $90 million. That's how much they've lost because of these restrictions in the United States. And of course, that's in a country with a GDP of only $900 million. Right. So in theory, they could offer them a check and the problem would go away. Problem is, as I said, the World Trade Organization is a multilateral institution. The United States would have to go into consultations with any member that saw that they were going to be affected by this change in commitment. That includes the United Kingdom and other European countries. So in other words, the United States would have to pay compensation to all of those countries. I think the broader problem here is what sort of precedent does this set for the World Trade Organization? This is the first time in response to a dispute a country has wanted to raise the barriers to trade. Normally, as I said, they either change their policy and and lower the barrier, bring it into conformity with what they agreed, or they face sanctions. But never before has a country said, well, I'm not going to comply 
and I don't want to face the sanctions. So I want to go back in and change the law. That has not happened before and it sets a very dangerous precedent in a very rough time for the WTO. The Doha round is not going well. And the United States's, I guess, reputation abroad is not exactly squeaky clean at the moment. And this sets a very bad precedent and it's not a good look. Thanks, Sally. And thank you for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. The Cato Institute is a nonprofit organization that accepts no government funding. If you'd like to find out more about Cato or would like to make a contribution, please visit our website, www.cato.org.